I got love for you, man. You know what, I'm <laughs> what are we talking about? You know, I'm not here to start any trouble. I'm only going to say nice things about you from now on. I think you're handsome, and I think you're a wonderful host. I'm fat and I'm overweight. Just don't say anything silly. I was waiting for you to say that. I'm not laughing about it. You think this is funny? I take this serious. You know, I don't want y'all to take anything that, out of context that I'm saying. He's very funny. He likes to joke around a lot. As a personality and as an entertainer, yes. This is going to be really quick. I'm not taking any questions. Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit. You're listening to Cabbie Presents, the podcast. What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining us. Whether you found us on iTunes or the TSN page or Facebook or Twitter, happy that you clicked and downloaded. If you're listening to this on the radio, stick around. I promise you we have a great show. We're recording this in Toronto, the official headquarters of TSN, also known as The Leader. And joining us uh, for a very candid conversation is Leafs Nation representative, who also like reps for the West. Joffrey Lupel will be joining us in studio. And uh, since we're staying in the sport of Twitter in the NHL, not named Bob McKenzie, Paul Bisson at AKA Biz Nasty will be on the podcast. So in these uh, weekly conversations that I have, like a variety of guests will occupy the co-pilot's chair. And this week, number 1A of the funniest people I know personally is my co-pilot, comedian and good friend Darren Rose. And you guys can see Darren Rose every Monday at 8 p.m. on CBC on a show called Mr. D. Welcome to the show, dude. Thanks for having me, man. How are things going? They're going good. I discovered I was 1A on your list. So well, I mean, really... okay. So, so the, the number one is a, a friend of mine named Mike Kiss. You know Mike Kiss as well. And the only reason why Mike Kiss is number one of the funniest people I know is just because I've known him longer. So he's he's made me laugh for a longer amount of time than you have. Although you're, you've made me laugh pretty intense. But that's, not, just not as not as many that's times. That's fine. I, it's very like a fourteen-year-old girls how they rank their best friends. <laughs> like you're like my super best friend, but she's like my long-term best friend, and you're my best friend from school. Well, that's how it goes. I'm one of those. I'm one of those people. Uh, so, uh, Mr. D, you guys filmed that entirely in Halifax, right? All, all in Halifax, which is a, a great city, but it's a tough city to work in because it's like Vegas. Like the whole city, all the time, is just whispering, like, "Hey, come on, buddy, have a beer." Oh, really? the, the whole time, <laughs> the, the professional drinkers out there—it's very British. So is the yeah, nice is uh, okay. So the, like, there's a there's an area downtown called Pizza Corner. Is there is there anywhere in this country that provides more late night entertainment than Pizza Corner? I don't think so. It's like because when Haligonians drink, they make no allowance for dignity. Just, <laughs> they are going hard all the time. And, and you go to Pizza Corner, that's the best place to see nudity outside of a strip club in Canada. Oh, that's it's, fantastic. I've had, a, I've had a pretty good, a couple of good it's nights It's a there. pretty good place. Yeah, yeah, like it's, you could just sit down on the curb and then just like for a good hour, just people watch. You'll yeah. see a fight, the cops will show up, you'll see somebody don't like You'll see a sick. whole story. You'll see a fight and then you'll see the makeup and one guy by the other guy at Donair and then <laughs> yes. those two guys will fight a different guy and then, and then they'll all meet a girl at the end of the night. Uh, and that's also the beautiful part about Halifax. It is very nice. It's a single well tier. Out there. Maybe you'll find some other spots uh, across the country which will be as entertaining as, entertaining as Pizza Corner as you're going on a national tour, correct? Right. Yeah, I'm going on a tour uh, doing stand-up for, uh, it's called Chasing Manhood. And um, yeah, hopefully I find entertaining places. That'll be <laughs> ideal. So yeah. are you, how, how many cities are you going to? Nine cities, Halifax to Vancouver. 
Uh, okay, I'm looking forward to the Toronto date, which is April 13th, correct? It is, April 13th in his town hall. We will be there, and I, will, I won't I will be heckling you because I, I don't want to get murdered, but uh, <laughs> I'll, definitely, I'll definitely be looking forward to it. So the way the Cabbie Presents podcast works is we'll discuss some sports, some pop culture, and a lot of storytelling. And our first guest is in the studio. If it's going to be uh, an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers. One of the most handsome dudes in the National Hockey League joins us in studio. If they made a calendar of, of like, pretty dudes uh, in hockey, you would, which month would you, would you prefer, Joffrey? Um, well, my birthday is September, so Mr. I, I September. guess I'd have to be Mr. September. Mis- Mr. September. Joffrey Lupul joins us. I, who else would be in the calendar? I don't know if you, do you feel comfortable having this conversation? Not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm comfortable with it. I think it would be, yeah, whatever. Uh, so, uh, Joffrey Lupul of uh, Leafs Nation, a.k.a. the Toronto Maple Leafs, is here. And uh, the first time that we hung out, uh, it was in Anaheim. Oh, sorry, rather, it was in, it was in Newport. It was at, I was, uh, I was um, staying at, uh, uh, at uh, Dustin Penner's place. And I hit him up when I touched down in L.A. We were doing some stuff. He's like, uh, I was like, dude, I'm in your city. What are you doing? He's like, you want to go to Jay-Z tonight? I'm like, of course I want to go to Jay-Z tonight. So we end up at your place, your condo in, in Newport. Are you, do you still have that spot? I do, actually. Do you, do you still push that Bentley that you have, it, the GT? Yeah, it's, it's still running. <laughs> nice. You live a good life. So anyway, we go to your place. We plan the night. Take a bus to the to to the uh, to Anaheim to the Honda Center. I'm carrying on like an idiot. You have uh, who else? Luca was there. Panner. Who was uh, there? Was uh, one other dude? I think you had a couple of buddies that you like, just good friends of yours. And we get to the venue. I don't know. If, do you, I don't know if you know. Do you know? Okay. Um, and uh, we, there are a couple of so you know we're in this box. <laughs> <laughs> in this, we're in this box and you know some friends uh, join us in the box and one of the girls was like hey do you want to come watch the, the, the Jay-Z concert with me down on the floor uh, or in my seat rather because my friend thinks the music is too loud I'm like of course I want to so we go down and I didn't know she had floor seats not only were they floor seats it was front row center like legitimate center and there I am with my stomach pressed up against the gate. You know that black gate where like women normally faint when they're watching Michael Jackson, the security artists will pull them over. I was that dude. I was well not that dude. I was like that that girl. I was like, I was watching right <laughs> there. Girl. Yeah. Screaming. Your gut coming through the tines of the <laughs> It really was. It really was. I'm one of the fattest dudes. Oh, like it was and I was I probably sweat off about eight pounds. Usually this is the time in your story I would say that that he's exaggerating a little bit, but the camera caught him. Uh, as Jay Z was down there, and we saw him up front, fist pumping. There was, uh, there might have been tears. <laughs> I, I've, never, I've never seen someone so excited. Doggy. You can see him mouthing the words, "I love you." Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, I was, I was sick. I had a, I got a workout for sure because I was trying to every word, fist jumping around. It was, it was myself, uh, the girl, and beside her was Derek Fisher, and beside him was like Ed Lover or whoever the, the a radio guy from Power One Hundred Six, and that was. That was by far like my greatest uh, Jay Z, my greatest concert experience. And last night, um, Jay Z did a did a a concert on YouTube at uh, South by Southwest, which was pretty dope. Just like I was just I was at my computer watching it, just singing the hits. Now I know Joffrey, you're a huge music guy, and we've had conversations. You go to all these music festivals. What's your what's your greatest concert experience? Um, 
It's tough to say. Well, I've all, me and a couple of friends have always went to that uh, festival Bonnaroo, um, just north of of Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, and I mean, that's always I've had a ton of great experiences there. I've saw Pearl Jam play like a four-hour show. I saw a, wow. a band I love, My Morning Jacket, played a, a crazy set there. Um, so I'm not sure. There's not one that that really stands out. But it's definitely something there. I mean, it's just a cool environment to see a show and and uh, just a, a fun weekend hanging out with a with a bunch of hippies and, and <laughs> just enjoying yourself. How would you rate Bonnaroo versus Coachella? Are they the same? No, Bonnaroo's the the real deal, like true like music festival. It's out in the middle of nowhere. Um, are you wait? Do you are you staying in like tents? I, I would like to say I'm staying in a tent, but no, <laughs> I don't think guys no who have a Bentley stay in a tent. <laughs> you just I slept will, in a helicopter. Yeah, I, I actually I stayed in a. We always stay in a, a tour bus, so it's actually it's pretty accommodating. So I'm like a, a fake hippie basically. So I'm out there during the day. I'm like singing and and sweating and hanging out with everyone else. But but once the music stops, I'm in the air conditioning, having a shower. <laughs> Right, and this girl's just pounding on the windows of the tour bus, going, Mr. September, come <laughs> They're so, saying, can we use your shower, please? And you're like, yes. Right. No, then you're like, uh, you can, you can't. Uh, pink shirt, you can. Now listen, there's a lot of you, so you're going to have to squeeze in two or three at a time. <laughs> I'm just thinking, I'm like, because that's totally what I would do. Like, I'm such a... Clearly what you would do. D-bag. Joffrey has too much class to admit yeah. that that's what he's doing. But it's <laughs> I put the ass in class. I yeah. think you guys know this. <laughs> so, okay, so thank you for coming in today. I know you have like a, you have a busted wing. You're, you're, you have a separated right shoulder. Dude, when you got crunched, like when you got hit up against, did it, did it, did you hear a crunch? Um, I can't really remember. There was some initial pain, and I, I, I saw the video. I kind of grabbed my shoulder, and then there was a, like 10 seconds where I stood up and, and started playing again because I thought I was all right. Then the puck kind of came to me and I went to shoot it and, and I clearly found out I wasn't all oh, right. And, and so then I knew something was wrong. I've never even hurt or bruised a shoulder before. I've always been, been lucky that way, so I wasn't sure what was going on. Uh, but I knew it hurt like hell. So I went into the locker room and, and they told me in a couple seconds it was separated. Oh, really? Was there a moment where you were like, let me just pull that Mel Gibson move where, like, I find the corner of a wall and then just try to, like, bang it back into place. Could you uh, do that? Are you, are you that gangster or no? No, I, I don't think. You're too pretty to be gangster. I, <laughs> um, I think that's more, more so if it's dislocated. Like, if it's out of the uh, joint, right. then you can do that Mel Gibson thing. And, um, and what's the nature of your injury? Like, it's not dislocated. It's, like, it's, crunched? It's, that's, <laughs> sure I think, that's, I think crunched. it's a medical term. Crunched. Yeah. Crunched. Separated, they say. So wait, uh, what's the difference between separation and dislocation? I don't, I don't get it. Do you know? I don't really know. No. Yeah. Right. Separated. There's just like there's a joint here, and it kind of it it pops, and there's some ligaments that that hold that down. They they all tear. So that's yeah. what I have. So there's no. It's not like it's out of the socket. It's just there's a bunch of stuff torn in there. Whereas if it's dislocated, I think your shoulder literally just pops out of. That's like the UFC thing that you oh, see yeah. where they're like. Uh, yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah. That's it's it's like super gross. I remember like when I was, uh, um, when I was like, eight, do you guys ever play British Bulldog? Oh yeah. Do you, do you yeah. still now? Wait, you you grew up in Saskatchewan, right? Uh, Alberta. Alberta, and they played British Bulldog then. Yes. <laughs> what do you mean you still now? Still now. I'm trying to get a game together this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to come? Well, you're injured, but 
But you, you can you can still play. Yeah. So for those who are listening that don't don't know what British Bulldog is, basically it's like one guy starts in the field, and then you the the competitors have to run from one end to the other, and that one solo guy has to tackle people, and once he tackles someone, then that person joins the tacklers. And then the, 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 the goal of the game is to be the last man standing. And then you have to run against, like, 20 dudes. And when you're, like, seven, that's pretty daunting. I mean, sure, now, if you're running against a bunch of adults, that'd be pretty Yeah, I only play with seven-year-olds, though, so I just, I kill. <laughs> so you, you come just, to the game, it's great. Are you just drop-kicking dudes? Oh, yeah. Like, front kicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I know I, I must have winded at least eight to ten dudes when I was, I was always, like, a fat kid and just crushing dudes. When was the last time you guys were, like, winded as... As adults, do you did you get winded when you got crunched? I didn't. No. When was the last time you got winded? Like where you felt like you were gonna die, just because all the um, it, it actually happens quite a bit in playing hockey. I mean, you try not to show it, but I mean that's like the, I mean that sucks. Getting winded sucks. There's no two ways about it. I mean that's the thing for you guys because you always like cameras always on you and you don't you don't really know when, but you just assume that it's always on. So you guys can never show pain, can you? Yeah, you you try not to typically. Why? Because you just you're just trying to be a dude, like a, be a man. Yeah, you're trying to be tough. Yeah. Even even though like your wins, like your your whole body is just like I want to die right. I want to lay down on the ground of this <laughs> of this bench, and you can't. Yeah, you try not. And then you know what happens too if if you show that you're in too much pain. The, this is the worst thing that can happen. Your mom will call you after the game. Oh, oh my God. Man. She's like, are you okay? Are you okay? You were grabbing your ankle there. Are you all right? I'm like, oh, God, Mom, I'm fine. Trust me, I'm fine. Is that how you guys bust each other's balls in the dressing room? Just like, oh, is your mom going to call you tonight? <laughs> I don't know if everyone's does it, but but mine certainly does. So that's why I'm trying to hide my pain whenever it happens. I don't want to hear it. And then she'll call me the next day, too, and just be like, How's the ankle feeling today? I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so I, I know that, like, in baseball, a lot of batters remember, like, certain at-bats. There's, like, things that remember the count, the pitch they were they were thrown. So do you remember, like, when you get suffer big hits? Do you, do you remember, personally like, remember, happened? like, guys, like, if Char just, like, murders you, like, in open ice in the middle of the... Oh, yeah, of, the, of course, yeah. What's, what's the last big one you can remember? Well, the, I got hit pretty hard when I... Separated my shoulder. Okay, no, but sorry. But, okay, obviously. Besides that one. Um, I don't know. I, I, I seem to get hit quite quite often. So. Or maybe it does not happen often. a lot in that game. Well, of yes. course. <laughs> okay, so, okay, so, uh, okay, so when you, uh, you live in uh, Newport in, in California, which is uh, a small part of uh, Orange County, which is, and so you're like in sort of the greater Los Angeles area. Yeah, I'm about 40. 35, 40 miles south of L.A. So, like, I know that hockey players don't have the most visibility in that part of of the United States. And, and obviously it's different here in Toronto where you're extremely visible. You played Edmonton, probably extremely visible there, too. Philadelphia, probably the same thing. While in L.A., when's the last time that you had to name drop to get in somewhere? Oh, boy. Um... I, I can't pinpoint the exact date, but it, <laughs> it, it happens quite a bit. Really? Yeah. So, what, okay, to, to do what? Like, to get into, like, the hot restaurant or, like, the hot club? Or to get on that tour bus in Bonnaroo? <laughs> <laughs> Anything, man. It's it, Yeah, it's a different story than it's – you're not in Toronto when you're out in L.A. anymore. So, if I if you were to go up to, to a doorman and say, uh, don't you know, I'm, I'm Lupo from the Leafs. Like, he would, He's uh, like, what's a Leaf? He would, be, <laughs> he would say, what's a Leaf? 
Well, so okay, so like, uh, I mean, I know that like. Um, but if you got, then you got to just say you're some, just say like some B-list actor or someone. Say I'm, I'm with Rob Lowe or something. <laughs> right. Oh, and yeah. Then, I'm with Channing Tatum. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm. We're doing a movie, uh, GI Joe Two. Yeah. He would, he would know. Yeah, That's, yeah. Ooh, I might, I might use that. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, oh, you should have, you should have said that sooner instead of Leafs garbage. You're. Right. <laughs> I'm with uh, Marlon Wayans. He's, uh, I'm one of the Wayans brothers. If you okay, when I say. It, when I say name dropper, who's like the first guy you think of who would who would be like a name dropper? Like a guy that you know or a dude in the league who would be that that dude would just be like right out first things out of his mind out of his mouth. Huh. Um I don't know, it probably depends what's what situation. I think everyone's got that that quality in them somewhere. It depends where you are and and uh how bad you want something probably. I'm I'm to- totally trying to get you to throw somebody on the bus. Like I'm thinking Sean Avery is a dude. That, yeah, that's an that actually that was the first um, thing that came to my mind. Was Sean Avery? Abes, yeah, yeah. Because he, I mean, he knows a lot of people. He has a lot of good uh, good connections, and and uh, I guess once you have those, you may as well use them. Right? Might as, does might does as he well. do it to impress girls or to get in places, or is he just like, hey guys, you know, the other day I was hanging out with uh, Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know who Sean Avery socializes with. <laughs> Could be Harrison Ford. <laughs> Does he do it to you think like to impress girls or just to get into spots? Um, have you ever been out with him? I have. He he's actually come to Bonnaroo with us before. Oh, nice. Yeah, we get along well. Who did more of the picking of the girls to come on the bus to sh- to shower? Um, it was it was a group decision. It was a group decision. You guys had a little committee at the back we, of the bus. We had a you committee, vote on it yeah. like the Voice. So, <laughs> Scotty, Scotty Upshaw was there. Um, yeah, it was it was a little panel like that, like American Idol. That's so. amazing. <laughs> it's too bad. Do you guys have like placards with like with like check marks and X's? Like two oh, you check know, marks. I, you're actually, in. You know who else was there? That I, I heard you say he's coming on the show later. Was Biz Nasty? He was he was there. Yeah, he was there. That oh my gosh! So it's you, Upshaw, Avery, and, and Biz Nasty. That was our that was our group, and then a couple couple lady friends, and and uh, wow, it was a great weekend. I like have, I said, it's my favorite weekend. I, <laughs> after, after the season, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lucid imagination, so I can I could just the 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 images are just killing my brain right now, which I think is just awesome. So um, being a wh- who's like the who's like the um. I mean, uh, Darren was alluding to this with the Harrison Ford thing. Who's like the biggest celebrity that you've met only because you're a professional athlete? Uh, or the, or the, I should say the celebrity with like the most visibility, maybe not the business, biggest, but you know what I mean? Uh, DiCaprio. Mm. What? Tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> it's wow. not much of a story, really. Um, just Did you guys I'm, just fight over who was better looking? <laughs> <laughs> It's something like that. Um, <laughs> no, we were out. Amazing. I was out one night at a party, and he had. Okay, wait, no, you yeah. can't just say I was out. You gotta say you gotta lay the the setting, the scene. You gotta. Okay, it's a this is fall, 2010. We're in uh, friggin' St. Louis, and uh, well, whatever. Okay, please. DiCaprio, in, he's in St. Louis. <laughs> well, I don't know. He could be there he's for. Never been to St. Louis. Well, he could be there for some cause, like uh, save the, the Manitoulin moose or something. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know what's in Missouri. What kind of wildlife? They I don't have think there. it's something that's also in Baffin Island. But. <laughs> you're right. I hate that you're smarter than me, Darren. <laughs> Please continue. Um, well, there's uh, there's not much to it. Again, we just uh, one night up met through 
he was out with mutual friends. See, now you you asked me who the biggest name dropper in the league is, and now you got me on here dropping names. No, no, well, I, no, I, I specifically, it's not like you just volunteered. I asked you the question, so you're you're good. What a setup. Yeah, <laughs> it's a crafty trick, yeah. yeah. You said you had a party? What do they call it? It's a foot, the foot in the door technique? Right, oh, yeah. That's what it is. No, I didn't, I didn't know that one, but I'm glad that I employ it, though. That's right. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was just at a party and then he ended up having people over at his house after and I went there. To his crib? Yeah. So that was cool. Dude, you you were just playing the story like we met at a party. You didn't (laughs) say you went to the dude night. Now it's, you went to his crib. Yeah. I I don't necessarily know if I was invited, but I I ended up (laughs) back there. Okay. What does his house look like? Oh, come on. There's a basketball court. In the house. Really? That's dope. That's how you know you're successful. Yeah, if you, you can, have your own basketball court, hundred yeah. percent. So wait, you can't just leave it at just. There's a basketball court in his house. Like, does he have part of the Titanic in his house? Like that front rail where he's like, "I'm king of the world." Like, is that part in there too? This this feels like uh, uh, like you were dating and you cheated on Cab and Cab's like, "Tell me every detail. <laughs> what was she wearing?" Uh. I I don't know. I I can't really remember too vividly, um, but I had a good time. I and, and, and I haven't it was been, the greatest night of all been, of our lives. And I haven't been invited <laughs> back since, so that, I'm wondering if I did something maybe um, not completely you, correct. I think I think you ate the big piece of chicken. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> so um, in uh, I know like next season you have uh, it's like a, a an amazing documentary series. HBO's 24-7 will focus on your team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Detroit Red Wings. Um, are you, what are your expectations of of that series, of, you know, them following around with cameras for four or five weeks? What, what do you think is going to, what do you think that's going to be like? I think it'll be a great experience. Um, uh, talking to some of the other guys on Philadelphia, they did it this year, and, and uh, they loved it. They said the cameras didn't really bother them that much. Um, probably take a little little getting used to at first, but just just to have that there and and the way they showcase some of the players um, differently is cool. I mean, they they do the thing with usually some guys and their families and some guys doing other stuff and the guys hanging out together. I just think it's real cool. It's it's great for the game and it, and it comes across uh, really entertaining on TV. And you guys have to agree to this, right? They can't. The NHL just doesn't say like these guys are following you around with cameras now. Like yeah, I, I do, do you much, have any control over? Like, is there a point where you're like, listen, you guys got to turn the cameras off? Yeah, like yeah, we're I on the bus now in Bonner. Right. Like, he's, you guys got to turn around <laughs> and go. Show's right. over, boys. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the private show area. Um, I, I'm not sure exactly how much. I'm sure if they want to follow you away from the rink, um, that's your call whether or not you want them to do that. But I think at the rink, they've they have full access, so. Um, as you saw, if, if you watched this year, you saw lots of the coaches' interviews and, and breaking down the video. And and typically, um, for hockey coaches and, and teams, that's off limits. They never allow anyone in there when they're right. doing their coaching and video. So I think that's part of the part of it that really appeals to fans is is being able to see what we do behind the scenes and and seeing guys go through injuries and and recover and and do these things and and. Uh, I mean, I find the show really interesting, and and I already know all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, for uh, for a big hockey fan that hasn't seen that before, I'm sure it's it's great. Who do you think is going to be the most awkward on your team? Because there are, there are a couple dudes that if they say 
twenty words in a week, I'd be I'd be surprised. Um, I think eighty one might. It might be. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it's who I was be. thinking about. Yeah, but. It, but also, but the thing about Phil that people don't know is behind closed doors, he's a, he's a real fun guy, and and uh, not on TV. Not on. Uh, not on I TV. mean, he's not comfortable in the camera. But I mean, if they catch him just in the locker room doing his regular day-to-day thing, I think people would really see a a cool personality that that you definitely don't see when he's uh, when he's doing interviews. And wait, like Phil. That. So wait, Phil Kessel is a fun. You're describing him as fun. Fun guy. He's a fun guy. He's a fun guy to be around. Yeah, he's a he's a good teammate and and a uh, guy that's always having fun at the rink and uh, jokes around a lot and, and pretty much the opposite of what you would think if you saw one of his interviews. That, that's amazing because I've seen his interviews and he's the opposite of fun. Like in, in a respectful way, like I don't mean to like tear the dude down, but you know, it just doesn't really look like he enjoys that part of the process of being interviewed and having to be on TV and all that kind of stuff. Um, so last year it was, uh, sorry, last year was... Um, uh, with the Rangers, sorry, Rangers and the Flyers. The year before was the Capitals and the Penguins. And you guys will be playing the Detroit Red Wings. And I was I was at your guys' game on the weekend, and I was having a conversation with my friend Justin about Datsuk versus Crosby. And I think, and we we're you know playfully arguing like who, like if I if you had you know if you had a fantasy draft like. In in real world terms, not just by numbers, but an overall player, who would you draft? And I extend the question to you. I'm a Datsuk guy because I think the dude two ways. The dude is unbelievable, but he obviously Crosby is considered the greatest in the world. And I I, I, ask, I pose the question to you. Well, it's a good question. Uh, yeah, I have a ton of respect for Datsuk. Got the the opportunity to. Uh, he was on our team at the All Star Game this year, and and just watched some of the stuff he was doing. Incredible and. And uh, he was actually a guy that was in the gym working out and, and stuff during, during the All Star weekend. Game. Yeah. Oh wow, that dude's so. static. You know he's really Russian. Yeah. Like those, <laughs> those guys don't take Drago style. <laughs> they don't take days off. Um, but on the other hand, Crosby, when 100 percent healthy, and and I'm hoping he comes back 100 percent healthy, and and I think he will. Um, Crosby's a to- Crosby's a top dog when he's 100 percent healthy, in my opinion. Just uh, the things he can do. He's he, the speed he he plays the game with and and plays the same every game as as they both do they're both really consistent but um Crosby if he comes back 100% is uh is the top dog in my opinion I know it may sound like sacrilege to some people for me to even put Datsuk in that conversation but just watching Datsuk like that dude is unbelievable like two ways the guy just has these insane moves and he like he doesn't you know he's not going to he's not going to win an Art Ross but just his contribution to that team. And that team is like probably, I tweeted the other day, is like the most underrated team maybe like of the last five years, Detroit. They're always consistently at the top of the Western Conference and nobody talks about them, to, in, my, in my opinion. I just... I know you're starting the pressure already for the Winter Classic right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dude you'll have to battle against. Um, so, uh, so we mentioned, you know, some of you, so like I mentioned, you know, Phil Kessel and who would be like awkward or whatever. And uh, my dude Darren here is a comedian. If your team was to have a Comedy Central roast, mm-hmm. who would who was the teammate you would elect to get roasted that night? Oh, man. Boy, that's a good question. The guys that initially stick out are 
Dion. <laughs> um, Colby Armstrong. Uh, nice, nice. And and probably Phil. I'd have to say Phil. He, I mean, he he takes it. He takes it all the time. So uh, all three of those, all three of those guys are they're just like good personalities, like I said, and and. I, I mean, I already have the the inside scoop. I see the behind the scenes and hear these guys talking, and and uh, th- those would be the three who would be the most fun to roast. And I think everyone on the team would pretty much get in on that. I'm gonna have to rename that podcast the Under the Bus uh, podcast <laughs> after that interview. But thankfully, Lupul is too smart to uh, to follow me there. It's uh, it's called integrity, and clearly, Darren, I have none. None. <laughs> I take the I take the pro out of professional. I'm glad that you're here though, because you um. If this is a bus, I'm glad that uh, you've tried to your your best to keep it on the tracks or keep it on the road. I I was trying to dig some stories out too, but he's clearly got some stuff to say. <laughs> well, maybe we'll get lucky with our next next guest who's on the phone. If it's going to be uh, an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers. We're joined now by the most famous hockey player in the digital world Paul Bissonnette aka Biz Nasty 2.0 thank you for joining me on the podcast dude how are things how are you guys what's going on very good man very good hey so um I'll get started with you on this I don't know if you saw Claude Giroux's um shootout goal the other day against yeah. Toronto it was absolutely yeah, I watched it it was absolutely disgusting I actually watched it before our game because we have a time change, so I, I got to see it. Now, the opposite of that Giroud goal was Devin Setaguchi a few weeks back, who fell in a shootout <laughs> and like, and he, he could have won the game for his team against Montreal. So, and I'm right. sure, I'm sure his buddies or his teammates must have just blew up his phone or just like just ripped him up like to his face. Now, my yeah. my question to you is, what's the most embarrassed you've been by a play on the ice? Oh geez, I, I I don't I don't think I've ever really had anything embarrassing. Although uh, Dan Paye, I'll give you a story about Dan Paye. He plays with Boston. I grew up playing minor with him uh, on a on a breakaway. He his pants. What do you mean? Pardon? What do you mean? He he uh, he literally pants. <laughs> <laughs> From nervousness or excitement? I just think I I don't I think I think it might have been. I'm, I'm sure you can get a hold of him. Uh, but uh, <laughs> this was a minor. I, I don't know whether it was. A, I, I'm pretty sure it was after he'd scored, just from yeah, the pure enjoyment of scoring. Wow. Um, wait, yeah, a second, it, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. I, wait a second. Wait a second. My story is about 99% accurate. I, I, <laughs> it, it was either a number one or two, but I'm pretty sure it was a number two. <laughs> wait. So did he immediately go off the ice and into the uh, locker room to get changed, or did he play the rest of the game? Uh, I see. That's something you'd have to ask Dan. I think we'd like to. We should really yeah, get him yeah. on the phone. Yeah, we we really that that story see, deserves a follow. That's something I wouldn't be embarrassed about because it was in minor. It, you know, it was in minor hockey. I think if it was so, in like peewee, maybe you wouldn't get embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. or in life, yeah, you would, get, you would yeah. get embarrassed. But I mean, nothing to that magnitude has ever happened to I me. Mean, well, first of all, because I've never been on a breakaway. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and, and normally, yeah, I just I don't. My pants. Yeah, you have laudable bowel control. Everyone's talking <laughs> yeah. about that on Twitter. Although I did, although I did spit my pants on my paper out um, when I was about 12, 13 years old. What, uh, and what happened? Like, why? 
Well, I just I had to ride my bike ten minutes in order to get to where I used to have to drop off the newspapers, and uh, just on the way, I, I just kind of as I was riding my bike, I just kind of like went on one cheek to try to let her fart, and I I just <laughs> it was it was like it was more pissing up. But uh, yeah, it was um, yeah, it wasn't good. The worst part about it though is I had, I finished the route with my pants. Wow, a professional. <laughs> you you, yeah, are, you so are a professional. People got their paper. <laughs> and, uh, With a little extra. And then I got home, and for some reason, I thought it would be smart to uh, to put the underwear in the hamper at the bottom, and when oh, I could have just God. thrown them out. And and I, I, you know, my mom obviously found those. And uh, yeah, we had a little talk. <laughs> and, you know, I hope no you girls live, you are listening. You learn, boys. You live and you learn. Yeah, right. you, you really do. You're putting the nasty in the biz nasty. Man, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's unbelievable. Keep in mind, I was 12 or 13 years old, like. When I retell yeah. this story, you're going to be an adult, just so you know. <laughs> oh yeah, that's great. <laughs> oh damn. So I don't, I don't know if you heard this story. Uh, there's uh, Peyton Manning was uh, eating at a steakhouse in North Carolina called Angus Barn. The bill comes. It's it's seven thirty eight, with the eighteen percent gratuity, and he leaves an extra tip for two hundred bucks. Now the waiter takes a picture of the bill, and then he either either put it on Twitter, or he put it on Facebook. And that waiter got fired for taking a picture of the bill. Do you think that he should have been fired for that? No, I think it. I I think uh, it kind of just made Peyton look good. And and I, I mean, maybe it's a little bit unprofessional, but like really, like you're you're like a waiter, like you're like there's no professional title <laughs> for that, right? I think I, you're like right. not to chirp a waiter. Like that's all. He, obviously, he's working at a nice place. If it's seven hundred and 35 bucks for a couple steaks. Right, or Peyton Manning can really throw back the Jaggers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I doubt that. Now, okay, now... Uh, he's, he's probably taking him out of a straw because throwing back would probably aggravate the neck a bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Very good point. Now, see, you're okay, you're, you're a public figure. Now, when you right. go out, certainly, you know, I, I imagine you have a certain level of visibility in, in you know, in Scottsdale or wh- wherever it is you live. And certainly Minimal, when... Minimal, but okay. Well, okay, and then certainly when you come back to Canada, you know, whether it's Montreal, anywhere from Montreal to Vancouver, you have a certain level of visibility. How much pressure do you feel when you go out and you're at a dinner and you pay? Like, How much pressure is it on you to tip well? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'll always make sure. I know that that Evander Kane took a little heat this year. I don't really know the story, but I'd, I'd read some things on Twitter about him leaving the bill in, in Winnipeg, but then him tweeting it wasn't true. Is, I, you yeah, no, I, I heard the same thing. Like he's he's now unfortunately, uh, rumor has it that he has the the reputation of being cheap, and that's like the oh, worst thing that you want as an a- athlete. That's the worst. Right. That's yeah. why this waiter helped out Peyton Manning. Big time. Like if Peyton tipped four percent, that's way worse. This is your I point think earlier. I, I think I would rather have the title of being bad in bed than being a cheap guy. <laughs> Well, well, you and I have different goals. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, maybe it's because I'm good at that. So anyway, uh, that's nor here nor there. Uh, yeah, no, I, I always make, I always do twenty percent. And like, I mean, when we go out, and if anything's ever counted, like by the owner or anything, I always tip on what the bill should have been. Nice. Oh, right. So I, I make it, I make it. You know what I mean? Like, so say you know you get half off. You know, you tip on what it would have been full for, like the full. You're a surprisingly classy man for a guy named Biz Nasty. <laughs> yeah, no, because like you said, you don't want to be labeled as a cheap person. That's that's one of the worst. What's the uh, who's the guy? Go- well, the- actually, sorry, getting trapped in her gas truck—that's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> but that's probably second or third worst. 
<laughs> what's the um, what's the um, uh, who's the guy that you know that has like legit alligator arms when it comes to the bill <laughs> or the guy you know that you have that one group one guy in your group of friends or on your team that always looks at the bill like to every item to like see <laughs> okay i had that one milkshake oh, I, my my you know what i've i've been fortunate enough to play with uh play with some pretty uh good teammates as far like especially the older guys like if we go out and there's four or five of us you know i'll tell you who's not cheap is Derek morris oh really he used to play he for calgary for a bit i've and... ate with him probably 20 times 30 times since I've been in Phoenix, and he's never let me pay once. Oh wow! Oh, that's very nice. Very nice. Also, great in bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, evidently uh, he's. <laughs> I know. Yeah, sorry, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen the, the you haven't seen video. the tapes. <laughs> hey, what's but, the story? Yeah, no, yeah, but he's not cheap. And like I said, Ray Whitney, Shane Dolan, like all those guys, they they usually take care of the younger guys. And you know, and when guys get called up, if I go out to eat and they're new call ups, like I'll pick it up. You know, I'll just pay it forward. Since this is the uh, under so the bus, I'm not throwing anyone on the bus. No, no, I'll I just, I'll just get to that. Since this is the under the bus pod, podcast, get, who is the guy that you've heard other than Evander Kane in the league that has alligator arms? Well, that's the thing. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know that. that Everybody story, hears but, stories, uh, though. Biz. I've heard, I've heard a couple names with with guys who make big money. Uh, uh, and they just—I I guess they don't understand how much they make. And as far as what they make, they're, they're considered cheap. I know if I made seven sheets a year, that I'd be taking the boys out for a couple team meals a season, for sure. Okay, so who are those couple of guys? I—I I, I don't want to say. I'll just say one guy plays for Boston. <laughs> oh, okay. All okay. right. This, now we can start a betting pool. Yeah, that's now, all I got. Now, now I, just, I, I won't go any deeper. We're just, we're just gonna look at the roster and just look at the salaries. Like it's one of these three guys. Yeah, we're we're like Holmes and Watson. We'll piece this together. You, you can, yeah, you guys can speculate as much as you want. <laughs> what's the um, Biz? What's the story with the? Uh, remember, uh, like last summer, you tweeted a picture of a bill in Vegas. It was like you, uh, Whitney. Like no, it, you know what? It was it was Ray uh, Ryan Whitney who tweeted it. I just retweeted it. Oh, were, were you? So what's that story? Was is it? Is I it, wasn't. I wasn't there. The bill. I think the bill was like 150 grand. Like when we go out, like we have our fun, and but we're not. I'm not that obnoxious with money. Like you know, it's like if we go out and there's about you know eight to ten of us in Vegas and we go to Marquee one night, the bill will probably get up to ten to fifteen thousand dollars. Which when you when you look at it on a it's probably you know twelve hundred bucks a guy, but that's one of those crazy nights where it gets out of hand. But never would we spend one hundred fifty grand. Yeah, that's like that's like that's like Saudi money. Like that's like you, I don't even know how how you spend one hundred fifty grand. Here's a pretty cool story. I got a buddy who works at Crossover the shoe store, um, right beside Marquee, which is probably one of the best clubs in, in the world right now. Right. Um. It uh it grows. I think it grossed like the most in, in North America last year. And uh, so he hears all these stories. And, and one morning recently, he was uh, going into work to open up, and all the, the co-workers or the workers, sorry, from Marquis were coming out, and they were they were like blackout drunk. They're all stomaching, and they all have like unopened bottles in their hand. And he's like, "What happened?" He's like, "Man, he goes this Don Johnson guy who's a professional blackjack dealer and a, a Saudi Arabian arms dealer. They came in at like four in the morning." And they said, keep this place open. They're like, no, nah, like, we can't. And they go, we'll give you a million bucks. They go, uh, I think they spent like $300,000 in booze and tips them, tipped them uh, 600 grand. And then the one guy goes, "Get, I want Kardashian at my table tonight. And they're like, there's no way. So they ended up flying her in. I think he gave her $250,000 in chips 
uh, to gamble, like the block and stuff like that. This, this is the kind of money these guys are dealing with. Just wow. a party for three hours. Wow. So these, that is unbelievable. I just got tipped all that money. Six hundred. Wow. That that tip was six hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Six hundred, six hundred fifty thousand, like divided probably by about I don't know thirty, forty workers. Like they obviously wow. kept the girls there. That's what they wanted, right? All the ball service girls. So right. That was. Uh, I mean, I can only imagine like the, the, the things that are going down with that kind of money. You know. That's like. That's crazy. That's like, that's a, that's a yeah. bottle service girl making hockey player money. Yeah. For a night at work. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And uh, th- that Don Johnson guy was a professional gambler. Uh, he uh, he loves Bon Jovi, and what like when uh, Dead Mouse was playing there uh, one time. You know they got their set list and they they're just playing techno. It's like a it's like a like a techno like house bar, right? Right. So uh, he he gave him a hundred grand cash to play. Uh, is it is he singing Living on a Prayer? Yeah, yeah, yeah Living yeah, on living a Prayer. On... Is that Bon Jovi? Yeah, yeah it he is. paid him a hundred grand cash to play that. Like it was like some big night, and so he wow. broke up his set list and just threw in like. You know, a song that costs you ninety nine cents on iTunes just got you a hundred thousand dollars cash. <laughs> what what a markup! Wow, that's unbelievable. unbelievable. That is unbelievable, dude. So wait, so when the Kardashian, it was, it was obviously Kim Kardashian, right? Yeah. So when nobody's when... sending out for Chloe. <laughs> yeah. Not even yeah. Lamar They're is like, sending out for Chloe. A buffet ticket to uh, the Bellagio buffet. Yeah. Uh, Chloe in. <laughs> And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So, oh my! So wait, so did like was so the, is that the end of the story with the Kardashians? She came, she partied, and then she bounced. Yeah, they, they ended up they ended up going out after like in the morning, like when they finally left the club. Uh, they ended up going to gamble. I think it was the Bellagio where they were staying, and uh, and they went over to the Bellagio, and I guess she gambled and then won another hundred and twenty grand or something. So wow. she basically made you know three hundred fifty grand or something. It was to party for a night with with an an arms dealer. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, she 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 may have felt threatened. She's like, "No, I'll stay here. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> yeah, like, I'll so, hang out. Yeah, as, whatever as you cool want." As we think we are partying. We we don't even we don't even hit the tip of the iceberg, boys. Like that's right. yeah, that's like that's like Puff Daddy, like Leo yeah. DiCaprio, like yeah. even those guys are outclassed by a Saudi arms dealer, podcast? though. <laughs> What's that? Oh, can you can you swear on podcasts? Yes. Yeah. It's- you money, right? <laughs> yes, it is. That's it exactly. It really, it really is. Yeah, it's... if you're a Saudi arms dealer, you can like, I want Leonardo DiCaprio and Mark Wahlberg to come here and do that scene from The Departed. <laughs> yeah, done, done. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. So, so we we're yeah. just we we're just talking to Lupul, and um, he said his favorite music festival is Bonnaroo, and yep. he he told us a little bit about last year how. Oh, yeah. Um, I was like, dude, it's a, it's a four day festival. Like, do you sleep in tents with everybody else? He's like, no, no, no. We had a no. we had a tour bus. <laughs> yeah, it was T Pain's tour bus. We of had. course it was. How, <laughs> how'd you guys get T Pain's tour bus? You go there. There's there's only a hundred tickets available VIP like that. Uh, uh, Scotty Upshaw gets hooked up because he played in Nashville, and he met the guy who like is one of the organizers. So like these are like tickets that like are, you can't get them, but we have our bus reserved every year. So unless wow. we pass up on it, then, it, then it's ours. In my head, T Pain is also driving the bus. <laughs> no, no, it's part of the, the deal. Bus is parked. <laughs> no. I no. can set you a condo <laughs> way up yeah. in Toronto. So, so okay. Now tell us the it's part. Fun. It's fun to hear auto tune at five in the morning after all the concerts. <laughs> right. Get our own personal one. Yeah. But it was it was unbelievable, guys. Like, I mean, it's a four thousand uh, dollar experience each guy. Right. But you don't you don't pay for any alcohol when you're there. Which I mean, if if you drink it, 
but uh, if you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm into that kind of thing. All the foods covered. All the foods great. Like there's organic stuff. It's all natural. It was it was oh, unreal. Wow. So wait, so okay, Biz. Now the most interesting part, or the most interesting revelation to the story that Lupa was telling me was the shower. And you're you're amongst thousands of of of, of music lovers, but they're out all day. And you know yeah. the, the sun is hot. You get sweaty. Your skin gets uh, it gets sticky. And obviously, you four dudes have the bus. You can shine on the dudes. But then you might meet some lady friends who have also been out uh, partying. Oh yeah, I met a day. couple. Right. And they would want to use your facilities on the bus. What was that uh, process like when you were inviting people to come use the No, show? not really. I, like, because I, they're most of the girls there are hippies. They don't really care. Oh, <laughs> right. that's uh, that's a good yeah. development, right? Like showers are optional there. Right, you need to look <laughs> around at Bonnaroo for girls in heels. I got. She'll want to use the shower. I ended up, you know, taking home a Bonnaroo eight, which is about a. A Toronto three. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, yeah, so, so that's pretty so much how that went. Our down. so our fantasy of like you guys, you four dudes, like sitting there, like a like uh, Darren said, like it's the voice, and <laughs> and you know you you were hitting or, or like America's Got Talent, you hit a thing, she gets a check mark, another girl gets an X. So that didn't, yeah, that didn't really was, happen that, as much. I'll tell you what though, if you if you go back and look at my pictures, I ended up meet, meeting quote unquote meeting another one there, <laughs> and she she was uh, she was a legit Toronto nine. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I ended up getting lucky that uh, that weekend. I don't know how I pulled that one out. That's... She was the only girl above a six at all of our room. Wow, well done. Yeah, well, well yeah. played, well played, Biz. Yeah. You, uh, you yeah. found a legit diamond in the rough. Also, that means yeah. the other three guys on the bus did not find a diamond in the rough. <laughs> no. So you oh, won. You won the bus Lupo, tour. Like, Lupo, Lupo, and Upshaw have girlfriends, and like they're faithful, and they're you know they're just they're they're all about the music. Those guys. Same with. Uh, we were there with another guy, you know, PJ, and and he's he's married now. So, and then uh, Brian Berard was there, and he brought his girlfriend, the old Leaf. So he, he he which we call him Beast, but he's an unreal guy. You call him Beast? Beast, Brian Berard, Beast. Nice. That's a that's a great Classic. nickname. Yeah. Yeah, it's unreal. So like a cool a cool thing that like you guys do in hockey is uh, there'll be a weekend where you invite your fathers to to join you, correct? Or like a, a series of like three four three or four days or four days five days. Yeah, no, the father's trip. I've actually never experienced a father's trip before, but uh, I think I mean, guys have done it. Guys have done mother's trips as well. So, I, so my question is, how how closely do you think your dad follows your stats and like your your games and stuff? I'm I'm very open with my parents. Like I tell them, like you know, I tell them a lot. Like we're close. I think they, you know, they don't they don't mind my lifestyle. They just kind of tell me to be careful. And, you know, boys will be boys. But I, but I mean, more specifically, like your stuff on the ice. Like, is your dad? Will he send you oh, like a text message were you after? Talking about off the ice antics or on the ice antics? Well, I was I was going more on the ice, but you know, if you oh. want to take it off, that's fine. Paul, I like how you heard the word stats and you thought immediately to be yeah. like, well, yeah, nines <laughs> and sixes, that. yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's not much to follow, I guess, as far as on ice. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> is right. your dad the kind of guy who like? Like in his neighborhood, he's always like, "Hey, uh, you might know my son. He's a professional <laughs> hockey player. Yeah, he's he's a proud father. I mean, yeah. it gets like you don't you don't want to like hear your dad talk about you like like praising you and stuff because it gets old. But mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I'm not a parent, so I can't understand. So they they say that's how they all are. If you're if you know if your dad like I think I feel like every father when he has a son, 
you know, wants to make him a mini version of himself. So if your dad sees himself in you, what do you think he sees? Like, what are the, what are the parts that he sees in you? He's like, yeah, that's, that's all me right there. Well, probably the social skills, I guess. Like, just being able to go out and kind of talk to anyone. I mean, like, he makes friends. Like, he came down for a month to, to watch us play with my mom and stayed here in Arizona. And he, he pretty much knows every usher's name in the entire building. So he's a pretty social guy. He meets, he meets friends in the... Like, he'll be in the bathroom, he'll just, just swipe up conversations with people, which is kind of kind of uncomfortable, I, would, I could see, but I don't know, it's just his personality. Especially when he opens with, hey, I'm Mr. Biznasty. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In the stall next to him. Right. Yeah, that's awkward, yeah. Darren, are, is your dad like, I mean, you're, you're a comedian. My, Darren is a comedian, and he's doing a national tour up here in Canada. Are you, is your dad one of those dads that's like, hey, uh, you know, uh, my son is doing a tour? Like, is he like that? Uh a little. He hasn't quite adjusted to the fact that I'm a comic yet. He's <laughs> like, eh, my son used to have a real job. <laughs> Thanks, hey, Dad. <laughs> hey, off subject, uh, since you're a comedian, do you follow other comedians on Twitter? Yeah, I do, yeah. You ever heard of this Rob Delaney guy? Oh, yeah, I know Rob Delaney. Man, I, I, I think he's hilarious. Yeah, he's really funny, yeah. Like, he's, out, he's out there, but... He's out there, yeah, but he's one of the probably one of the first comics who had like a bunch of success on Twitter. Yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, he's not here in Squirrel, but he, he's definitely fun to follow. <laughs> hey, if you ever go, uh, if you go look at his favorites. They're pretty funny too. Oh, really? Oh, his favorite tweets? Oh, yeah. Like he, he favorites a lot of people, just ripping them all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. So, like, yeah, that's good. so speaking of Twitter, you have like exploded into into Twitter, and I and I went to the Twitter head office. I did a bit right. there, and a guy named Ryan Sarver, who's one of the developers, who's a who's a like a big sports guy. He he mentioned you as like the standard for athletes on Twitter as far as the way they engage the audience and you know the way that they um uh I guess the reveal parts of themselves. When did you uh when did you notice that you like just exploded? Like it, it, it went to another level for you. Yeah, I just think that like being open about personal issues kinda I guess put me over the edge. A lot of athletes tend to kind of shy away from that stuff just because it opens them up, you know, and, and they don't really want people knowing their business. But I don't know. I, don't, I didn't really care. I, I think it's funny. You know, everyone has their issues and opinions, so I just express mine on Twitter. The thing that's, like, almost genius about you is that you're, like, self-deprecating in a way, like, kind of yeah. like, like Dave Letterman is self-deprecating, even though he's, like, super funny and super talented. You're, you're, you're kind of, you, you share that sensibility, which I think is awesome. I think you got to mix in uh, a little self-deprecation just to kind of balance it out. Because when people see that you can make fun of yourself, they, they know you have a, a decent sense of humor. So when you make fun of other things, they don't take you as, as a hater or, or so serious. And I think that's tough when you're a hockey player because, A, you're like a tough guy, pro athlete, and uh, you make a ton of dough, you have an exciting life. People, I think, get a kick out of just like, oh, this, guy, uh, this guy's taking, it, taking the piss out of himself. <laughs> Yeah, it's a nice I mean, thing. If, if you if you ever went and read my my replies, like it's it's pretty funny to listen to people carve me on a daily basis, tell me how awful I am, tell me to go pussy I am, how bad I am at <laughs> hockey. And, yeah, you don't get mad at those guys. You're just like, yeah, whatever, buddy. You know what? Some days it's annoying because you like you can tell some of them are genuine in what they're saying, where like they're just being a complete cat. But mm -hmm. what can you do, man? Everyone's. What are some of the odd or weird things that people bring to your attention on Twitter? I like when people are original. Like, I, like I just get a lot of the same press box jokes and stuff. And 
things like that. So, like, I just kind of scan through it. But, like, when people come at me with it on, on a different angle or, you know, a, a certain type of humor, like, it'll catch my eye. Like, there's a few people that have written me where I, I've retweeted, and I'm like, man, that's just funny. Yeah, that's yeah, that's good. So, so other than Rob Delaney, who are some of the people that you follow that you get a kick out of? I follow a girl named Kelly Oxford. I, I typically don't find girls funny, but she's pretty funny. Yeah, Kelly Oxford's real funny. She is, yeah, I, I yeah. you know because you tweeted that once. I now just I look at her blog like once a week. I think it's called Eject. Yeah, yeah. she's funny. Yeah. She, I mean, but like like she kind of thinks like a guy, right? So she seems to have a sense of humor like a man, right? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Are there any other, are, are there, so, okay. So what is like, what is your interaction with girls like? Like I, I you're, you're, re- you're very funny. You're very engaging. As you said, you reply to people when they hit you with particularly funny comments, but like, do you have, because you have such a huge presence online, I, I think, I don't know. I think you're close to like 300,000 followers or something. Do you find like a lot of girls try to hit you up and try to get either your attention by like, Hey, retweet me or like, Hey, this is this photo of me. Yeah, I, I don't really, uh, I try not to, like, go after girls that are begging for retweets and, like, hey, follow me, sexy, like, things like that. Like, Because right. half the time it's these fake profiles. Like, I don't know what's wrong. Like, there's a couple girls on there, and they always put up hot profile pictures and stuff like that, but you can tell they're fake. Because one girl added me and was trying to chat me up, and then I, I had a guy message me on Facebook and say, hey, if you met this girl from L.A., she says she met up with you and stuff like that. This is her ad name. And I knew exactly who he was talking about. And I'm like, no, man, she's fake. Like, like an infant would know that that was a fake profile. Ah. Right. So, but, so, yeah, have I met girls off Twitter? 100%, yeah. I've had some pretty good experience, actually, with some girls off Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you want to just no, retweet those names it's, to it's Kevin? Like, Facebook, like, you know, uh, direct message. Darren, <laughs> right. Darren said, if you just want to, uh, you know, send those uh, handles to, to myself and him, uh, Please feel free. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll we'll share some after the podcast. I mean, <laughs> you know when a girl, like, you know, you had a girl on uh, Twitter and you end up meeting up with her, you know she's DTF. So it's just that's just for a sure. One hundred percent. And again, yeah. Paul, very well played. <laughs> we know you're on a plane. You're heading to Vancouver, correct? Yes. So let's we won't, we won't keep you any longer. But uh, dude, your stories brilliant. Uh, uh, your your uh, your game at Bonnaroo, brilliant, <laughs> and uh, yeah. your level of of entertainment on Twitter also brilliant. So please keep that us, uh, and please keep us yeah, entertained. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's just like I said, it's fun. It's a good way to interact with the fans, and you know, social networking. Yeah, embrace right. it. And and if and if at the very least, just to. Socially network in the real world after yeah. exchanging some oh, for sure. messages. Anyway, thanks for having me on, oh boys. Let's do this again. Hey, uh, I look thanks, forward man. to uh, are you, the summer party, the the 2012 edition. Will oh, I see yeah. you there? Oh yeah, I, I actually got it. I got a. I met a lady friend of a leisure party last year. Yeah. Yes. She was. She was the I'm baddest one. one. one at Kathy's place. What's that? I'm one for one at your party. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the big one. Uh, but uh, <laughs> thanks again, man. And, uh, good luck on the road, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks. Man, I need to get my Twitter game on point like that. He is, he, he's going to the next level. Yeah, like it, it's like if there's a if there's a Mount Rushmore of of Twitter of dudes on Twitter, Biz Nasty 2.0, I believe, is on the Mount Rushmore. He's the George Washington of Twitter. <laughs> so uh, thank you to Joffrey Lupul. Uh, obviously, we we hope you have a speedy recovery with your separated shoulder. 
You can send words of encouragement to at Lupul on Twitter. And uh, thank you again to Paul Bissina, a.k.a. Biz Nasty, for an always entertaining conversation. That story about the Saudis and the, the FU money is unbelievable. Biz Nasty! And uh, you know where to read his thoughts and commentary, at Biz Nasty 2.0. And to my co-host, Darren Rose, you can find out about his national tour at DarrenRose.com or follow him on Twitter, at Darren Rose. Much appreciated for having, for uh, for coming in, dude, and please come back anytime. Yeah, this is a lot of fun, man. Awesome. That's it for me. I'm Cabby, and we're gone. Thank you for listening to Cabby Presents, the podcast. 